Disclaimer. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as facts. Nothing that is said about any person, organization, gaming company, or sport topic in general should be taken as facts, as well as any talk about any political, religious, or medical topics. As for medical topics at all times, you should speak to a licensed medical professional before any opinion is considered. Everything that is said on this podcast is opinion-based only. Viewers and listeners' discretion is advised. Welcome to the Dr. VTech Show. This podcast is a long-form conversation hosted by Dr. VTAC with the top guests in the world of esports. All from owners, pros, semi-pros, former pros, and content creators of many games. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Dr. VTech Show. Thank you so much for coming in and stopping by to listen to this Christmas special that we got today. Uh, I'm here with Marco Muir, and uh, he is the CEO and founder of M80. And just to give you a little bit about Marco, he obtained a Bachelor's of Art degree in Criminology in Northeastern University in 1996. Following this, also enrolled at Suffolk University Law School, where he obtained his doctorate degree in law in 2000. Additionally, obtained certificate on both bachelor's and doctorate degree in Northeastern Suffolk uh, Lawful, respectfully. And there, right there, I think he jumped into into the gaming, uh, where he's basically been out through his career. He has worked on the various varieties of roles throughout his careers, starting as an attorney, um, specialized in intellectual property management, licensing, and general corporate matters. Then afterwards, uh, VP of Business Development and General Counsel for uh, browser-based social and uh, casual MMO games as part of an executive team team, uh, for Envoy. I think age one and two strategy games, if I'm not <laughs> mistaken. He got a quite a bit of a background. So I would like to probably introduce you guys to Marco. Marco, welcome to the show. Hey guys, how are you? It's nice to meet you. It's nice to be here. Happy to talk with you. Um, you know, happy to answer any questions or if talk about like my experiences in the esports space or anything you wanna to, to shoot the shit on, right? So just let me know. Okay. So Marco, where are you actually from? Originally, I'm from uh, Miami, Florida, is where I grew up. Uh, but I came up to Boston to go to undergrad and law school and ended up staying in the New England area uh, ever since then. Okay, so you're from Boston. Okay. So you got, you, don't, you don't get that accent like, hey, what are you doing over here? You know? Well, <laughs> that, 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 that would actually be an Italian accent. But yeah. Um, but no, I, I grew up in Miami, so I don't. I didn't really have the accent baked into me at a young age. Okay, I live pretty close to Miami. As a matter of fact, I live two hours away. Nice. You know where Stewart is at? Yep. I'm near that thick of the woods. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it's. Uh, I think it's a lot warmer over here than it is up there in Boston. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Even though it gets pretty pretty cold, you know, sometimes. It, like yesterday, it hit out to be like 40-something, 40 48 early in the morning. I was taking my kids to school, and they were like, okay, hold on. Let me go back inside and get jackets and everything. It's really cold. 
<laughs> they're, not, they're not used to it. I said, well, you know what? A lot of snowbirds think this is just like summer weather for them. It's not that cold for them. Uh, Shorts weather. Yeah. So how long mm-hmm. you been been in Boston? You've been there like for many years? I mean, you just moved or? Just over 30 years, right? So I've been up here about 30 years. Oh, so, Marco, yeah. um, how do you see now the stuff that's going on? To get into gaming, so what what do you see now? The stuff that's going on with the uh, Rainbow Six Siege, the future of it with with M eighty. I know you guys are like the big talk. What's what is going to be like the future of it? I mean, you guys going to do con uh, more? Um, going to put more content out there, or also what about skin packages or stuff like that? Because a lot of people are dying to get this a hold of it. Yeah, so like, you know, I, I'm on record as being a big fan of Siege, you know, even before we got into the game, I was, I've was i been playing uh, Rainbow Six since the first one came out, right? So Siege is always a game we wanted to compete in, and I wanted to compete in um, at a high, at the highest level. Um, you know, got into it with Xset, uh, left after we got relegated, came back, rebuilt a roster with, with the majority of what we had now. Um, and I took those guys into SI and they, they ultimately came over to M80 with us when we launched the organization about a year ago. Um, you know, we've had, you know, been to a lot of majors, um, had some success, some better than others, you know, had, had a lot of success at Gamers 8 uh, this summer and Riyadh as well. Um, have SI coming up in February. So, yeah, I mean, so, so you know, we you know, we love playing all year round. Like, we haven't had a lot of breaks this year, which has been great. Um the guys are super motivated coming off of Atlanta where we didn't have a great showing. And uh, look, I, I'm super bullish on the future of Siege. Ubisoft's a great partner to work with. Um, you know, the eSport is growing in a lot of ways. Um, and I think they have some really great things planned on the roadmap that um, they showed some of the teams that they, they want to kind of develop into next year, the year after and, and beyond. But I definitely think Siege will continue to grow. I think the streaming numbers that guys like Jinxie are putting up show that there's still a really healthy appetite for the game. Um, even our even our new co-owner, Daniel Medvedev, is a big Siege fan as well, right? So, you know, everyone's playing Siege. Um, the, there's no other game like Siege out there. No one's developing a game like Siege because it's really probably too difficult to make. So um, if you're trying to play, like, a super high-level tactical uh, shooter that kind of leans into um, the gameplay and the metas that Siege has, like, there's really no other game to play. That's On the true. skin side... Mm-hmm. On the skin side, um, you know, M80 didn't have a skin this year, obviously, because we just got into the game uh, fairly quickly with SI. But, uh, you know, I do expect that we're going to have some some really cool stuff to to share with our fans next year, next season. Oh, that's good. I can't wait. Can't wait because, I, I mean, obviously, it's, it's my favorite color. I don't want to tell my friends yeah. I'm, I'm wild card. <laughs> you know? There you go. You know, it's my favorite color. I love that neon green. How do you came there up you with that name M80? How do you came up with it? You know, like we just, you know, we, we honestly, uh, you know, I honestly really kind of just thought about what embodied kind of what we want to bring from the esports side. And we just thought of like, what's like the grittiest, you know, borderline legal, most like dangerous explosive you can get and kind of bring that kind of firepower to the games that we compete in. And I think we've been able to do that and compete at a very high level in all the titles that we're currently in, um, you know, maybe from Valorant to Siege to Counter-Strike to Rocket League now, um, as well as, you know, the fighting games. So we just liked it, you know, it worked for us and you never know the brand, like you can spend a lot of time building a brand behind the scenes and you launch it. 
and gamers either hate it and you become a meme overnight or they like it and they embrace it. And we've been lucky enough that a lot of our fans have embraced kind of our brand and our, our vision. And, you know, we love, when we launched the org, my, my lead designer just told me just no more red, white, and black, right? We got, we can't do red, white, and black. So, um, we had to go with different colors. You choose really nice colors. Let me tell you, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. It's one of my favorites, my favorite color. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest, you, I, I tip my hat off to you because a lot of people think that CEOs, they're just sitting back, popping their feet on top of the table and just collecting money or they're on a cruise and, you know, <laughs> drinking margaritas is having a, you know, one of a blast. I never seen a CEO as active as yourself. And the only way I'm seeing it because you're always on you know, Twitter or slash X, uh, and you're, you're there, you're there for the fans. You're there for your team. And I always see you tweeting and I admire that. I never seen someone so devoted and I don't want to, you know, put down all the other owners out there, founders, because I know, I don't know all their situation. They must be really busy with some other stuff. So I really tip my hat off to you. I don't know how you do it, but can you give us a little bit of what does a CEO actually go through? How many meetings? What all the complications? Because a lot of people like think, oh, they're just sitting down, just collecting the money. And I'm like, no, it's more to it than that. I think they go through like 14, 15 meetings a week. A day. Um, no, I mean, look, I mean, every company is different. Every CEO's role is different. Um, you know, we happen to run M80 like a startup, right? So we're a very lean organization. We have, I think, a smaller team than uh, most other orgs do. So each of us has to wear multiple hats, including me. You know, I do everything from brand deals to, um, <clears throat> you know, to working with our fundraise, to working with revenue, to working with all the esports teams and my VP of partnerships, Don. Like, so I'm in very, I'm involved in, you know, very, almost all the aspects of the business. And what's really important is as a company grows to hire really good people that you trust, that you can kind of put those jobs in their hands and you can step away from that a little bit because ultimately, you know, CEO's role is to make sure the company can continue to operate and continue to succeed and kind of set the vision and the, and the, and the you know, kind of like the goals for what we're trying to accomplish as an organization, right? So I try to do all of those things um, and again, like I'm very involved, obviously on the esports side. I work with Don uh, previously as my coach and Valorant, and you know we work together now. And I'm building rosters and working with the players. I go to many of the events because I'm a fan. Number one, right? I love the mm-hmm. events. I like the players. I want to support them and make sure they're in the best chance, uh, best position they can be in to win. But I also want to be there to to, to watch. You know, these things happen because the the journey is just as important as like the final destination, right? So like. You know, when you know when you're old one day, you're going to remember the events that you go to, not just you know the money that you made. So, um, right. so I'm, I'm very involved in that respect. Yeah, I'm talking about that age. I mean, you and I are uh, pulling out the salt and pepper here. So, uh, what what uh, if you don't mind me asking, what how old are you? I'm 51. Okay, I'm 46. So yes, so you're a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so I'm old, but I don't feel 51. Like, I feel maybe it's because everyone that works with me and for me is like, you know, 16 to 
26, 27 at the, at the oldest, right? So, like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that keeps me young. Maybe playing games keeps me young still. You know, we're still rating a WoW. We're still playing CS. We're still doing all those things, right? So, like, you know, I just uh, I enjoy the work, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, if I just wanted to make money, there's a thousand other things I could do. That would be a lot easier. But um, I'm very committed to being a part of kind of the resurgence of esports and, and regrowth of the business model and, and demonstrating this is a really a great space to work in. That's phenomenal. I want to tell you, I look up to you. That's, that's, that's really phenomenal. I mean, I, <clears throat> I tell people gaming is for the rest of your life. It, it, sometimes you would switch games and you'd uh, probably, you, I mean, I've been a Battlefield 4 guy, Battlefield 3, Call of Duty. I did Halo for many, many years, you know, and then, but there's a, there's a game that never leaves my heart and that's Flight Simulator. So when you go to, when you go to Twitch and you see the streamers for Flight Sim, the 90% of them are all late 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, retired pilots just flying on Flight Simulator. And I think sometimes, you know, you will find you will find a game and it's for all ages. Gaming is for all ages. And I and I and I totally like that. I told, you know, when I'm playing Rainbow and some people, oh man, you sound a little bit older. How old are you? And I go, I'm the same age as Dr. Disrespect. And they're like, oh, okay, then you're cool. Because I made a mistake once saying my real age. And they're like, oh man, you're too old to hang out with us. Bye. And they, and they like left. I was like, okay, fine. So you're judging me by my age. But as soon as I changed my verbiage and say, okay, I'm the same age as Dr. Disrespect, you know, and then they're like, okay, fine. You're cool. You can hang out. You can play with us. We'll keep on playing ranked matches. I'm like, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, there's some pretty cool mods you can actually download for Flight Simulator that turn it into more of an RPG where you actually run missions and run events and you, you fly stuff around like cargo planes and stuff like that. A couple of my, I, I played Flight Sim, but a couple of my friends downloaded those mods and added a lot to the game actually, aside from just the flying. Right? But those are they're, they're definitely super cool. Nothing like flying over your house like in a flight simulator, you know, and like looking down and seeing your actual house like uh, down on the ground. So those are that's a cool subgenre of games for sure. Yeah, they they really uh, this this latest one that came out that that came out and that just blew the minds of everybody because the the quality of the graphics and how it now uses what's being maps instead of Google Maps, but it uses the Microsoft version. And I don't know what type of algorithm and scaling that they did to it that it just like you could literally see your house you know because they're using gps images and you have to have a good internet speed because it all that information cannot be downloaded onto a hard drive so it just everything is you you gotta have really good speed to run that game it's pretty it's very interesting how today's gaming technology has advanced from Nintendo 64 to the 3DO, if you remember that system, the Atari Jaguar. If I mentioned the stuff, this, a lot of listeners are like, what the heck you're talking about? You know, I had them all, man. I had them all. You bro. did? <laughs> yeah, Aliens vs. Predator on Jaguar. We used to play the shit out of that. And then I had a 
3 do we used to play way the warrior crash and burn i had all of them man, I had oh, all of them. man. that 3do i remember first seeing the 3do uh, it was amazing and even steven spielberg <laughs> was all over that sucker on one of the presentations for the 3do and i was like he's a gamer too so many people are yeah. gamers and a lot of people just don't know it yep a lot of people are um but but yeah so um yeah so like i said we fracked all of it yeah now question with with mid i know there's some been there've been some changes uh something's been going on with the with the roster and kino has been a big talk what what uh what's going on i know he's bench for now at the moment or is he going to be traded or what's what's the future looking like with with kino so 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 kino is first and foremost he's a, he's a great great human being he's a great kid he's a great player um he's been with me for a while and i i you know i, I have a, a lot of faith in kino and um i know he's going to continue to play pro c to the highest level I think sometimes teams just have to make a change uh, for, you know, for for whatever particular reason. That's always like internal team stuff, um, and and for some reason, you know, the, this team kind of collectively decided that this was, a, you know, just a move that they wanted to make going to SI. And what happens beyond SI, nobody knows. This is just a change for SI. Kino's still on the reserve roster with us, um, and you know, I kind of I think we'll have to wait until after SI. Um, completes to see where where we, we shape up. If Kino is still with M80, if Kino is not with M80, I'm sure there's a you know a lot of a line of teams that would love to sign a kid like that. So um, mm-hmm. I'm sure no matter what happens, Kino is going to be in a really good place. But I'm very thankful for having him as part of the organization and, and continuing with you with the org, and, and we're going to try to find ways for him to to stay involved with M80, um, you know, throughout the year. Oh, that's good. That's good to know because I know a lot a lot of people. Do- question what's going on what's going to happen um yeah i i i met you know kino through through his stream i mod for him and i also mod for uh for spoit also phenomenal young player spoit oh my god and was a special kid very special and you know he's an elite player but a very humble player very humble uh, you know, some people that that play nowadays are are very cocky and get their egos, you know, go over their heads. But Spoit never, never been like that. Not even with me. You know, very friendly, very outgoing. Um, and I say, wow, this this kid here has a bright future. Very yeah, bright. No, he's a, he's a special kid. He's just getting started. He's going to be one of the best players ever in the game. Like when it's all said and done, right? So, yeah, um, you know, Will Will worked extremely hard in the server, and he puts a lot of time and effort in. Great teammate. Like, you know, he's the kind of kid that if you could clone, you know, Will, like you'd have to have that five five of them, right? So he he's he's terrific. Yeah, he's very gifted. Very gifted. There's yep. uh there's videos of him on, on YouTube, and it's like. I was like, "Wow, Spoit! I didn't know he, he went this far. He went that, you know." Yeah, that yep. extreme. And, like, and the work, you know, a lot of work goes into that, right? I mean, it's not just something that he shows up and does. He trains really, really hard every day, and you know, he puts in the effort, both in himself and in the server. So it's good. Correct. 
Right. Now, do you re- you require the for them to stream a certain amount of hours, or you put your players to make sure that all of them stream? Make sure they, you know, um, honestly, like I've never had a policy of forcing esports players, like professional, like, like professional esports athletes, like competitors, to stream. Um, if they want to stream, we can give them some incentives to stream um, if they like to do it. So we have players like Sploit and Xander. You know, BCJ, they all like to stream, um, but we don't require anyone to stream that's, that's a, that has to practice eight to 10 hours a day already on top of that. Um, but, you know, what we're like in 2024, we're going to be adding more content, um, you know, creators to the, to the organization and people on the content side dedicated, right? So, you know, I'm sure you'll see that fairly soon, early, early in the year around some of our titles and you know, we'll go from there. Yeah, that's, that is a good thing because, usually what they they do to help out with the merchandise you know talk about the merchandises that you guys have and and you know talk about it and the new hats the new you know hoodies and etc which you know you guys have a website and people could just buy the stuff there and and content creators and also the players that play they could just talk about it a lot of times on on during their streams at the the questions has always been asked, what keyboard do you use? What mouse do you use? What monitor do you use? What, you know, what, what's your PC? <laughs> you know, cause they want to get the same thing as what they get, you know, what they have. So that, yeah, that's going to be, yeah, that's so it's like right now I'm like thinking, you know, wow, SS, SSG really, got it by getting a uh, jinxie in there and i don't know what what they did but they they always they always seem to to always go for this for the for the to get the top content creators and i don't know they did that even with halo to try to get an nfl player quarterback and then now with with jinxie you know and i was like wow that's crazy. Whoever came up with the idea, hey, go get them. Go for it. That's the way to go. Yeah, I mean, Unit is the CEO over there. He runs a great org. SSG is a great organization. Uh, we talk all the time. We're friends. We talk about Siege. We talk about other games. Like we, you know, we'll probably do some events with those guys next year. I think Jinx is great for Siege and, and great for the game. And, um, you know, he's a great streamer, really, really hardworking young kid. And I know that SSG recognized that value in him and obviously made a smart move to bring him on. So, um, yeah, he's, you know, it's good for Siege and it's good for viewership. And, you know, he was pulling like 100K viewers the other night when he did his, his 1v1 with Shiko. So um, that just shows you the appetite for Siege out there. So that people love to watch that game. Yeah, I saw that with 100,000 viewers. I was like, oh, my gosh, that is insane. And you would you would think that sometimes, like players that um, top players, like let's say for example, Chico, doesn't he? He's the probably considered the best player right now in the world, and still doesn't pull that amount. And yeah, now other and even including other players as well that are just as you know they're really good as well like him, they don't pull that amount. And I was like, well, I mean, stre- streaming is streaming, and and professional play is professional play, right? So they're not the same thing, right? And um, 
you know, it's just, it is what it is. Right. But, uh, and then you have guys like sport who can, who do both at a very high level. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, everyone's different, you know, like uh, some people, like you just like to see them play and they're inter- you know, streaming is entertainment, right? So it's, it's how entertaining are you? And then competitive play is nobody cares how entertaining you are. It's, it's, can you shoot straight and like, can you, you know, can you like win? Right. So, um, and obviously Shaika does that pretty well. So I don't, you know, I don't think he has anything to be worried about. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so I seen you posted something about Rocket League. What was that about? Yeah, so like Rocket League is one of the biggest esports in the world. It's one of the best games to watch. Brands love it because it's, it's very brand friendly and brand safe. It's an easy game to put in front of anyone and have them understand it. I can have my, you know, ninety six year old, uh, you know, grandmother uh, understand this basically soccer with cars and, and appreciate like the skill and, and watch a Rocket League match. Um, massive player base, um, digital goods, teams all over, really healthy ecosystem for esports. Very competitive in North America, no doubt about it. Um, you know, I've been in Rocket League for a couple of years. I've had some pretty good teams. We had never made a major, and we decided to just do a rebuild um, after the last stage last year and just kind of uh, revisit where we wanted to go with Rocket League, which was to be one of the best teams in North America. Um, that's our goal, and our goal is to make majors and worlds and, and hopefully win something or put us in contention. So I, I immediately reached out after the season to Nick RL. Um, who I think is probably one of the best coaches and one of the best managers in Rocket League in the world and has has just, you know, made a habit of, of bringing teams to majors and always overachieving. And I basically gave Nick the keys and said, I want you to build a team. I want you to build a roster. I want you to run, you know, to run this program and I'm going to enable you to do that. And all I ask is that we go to majors. So um, he told me we'll go to majors and, and these are the players that we want to go and get. So we went out and got some really exceptional players um that we brought together and we think have a really high ceiling and and have to it's going to take some time as a new team to gel and and kind of um to build that chemistry but i think once we do that um you know for us we'll have a really good uh, rocket league team that'll compete at a high level and again like skin sales and rocket league can be very good if you've got a good team and good brand so um you know it's it's just another esport that we feel really positive about and are excited to be in that's awesome now for the fans i don't know um now they, they know that you're on, on M80s on Rainbow Six, Rocket League, and what other games are you guys are on? So we also have uh, one of the best Valorant teams in North America. You know, we, we just narrowly lost uh, VCT Ascension in Brazil in the summer uh, this year, uh, which would have elevated us to VCT. Um, but we're taking another run at it. We're now seeing a new roster in a couple of weeks. Uh, which we think people will be pretty excited about. And we feel really good about our chances of getting back into it and, and competing to, to play at that level. Um, we know that we're a tier one team, so um, we just have to kind of put the work in throughout the season and challengers to kind of reestablish that. And, and again, like, you know, like punch the clock at the end of the day. Um, we launched our Counter-Strike team in July this year and, and have already reached, uh, I think, like 22nd in world rankings is our best ranking so far. Uh, you know, Counter-Strike's been awesome. I love Counter-Strike. It's my favorite esport right now because they just play nonstop. We're always playing events, tournaments, matches, show matches, majors, qualifiers. Like, you know, we're playing Counter-Strike every week, right? So um, Counter-Strike is you know, probably the biggest esport in the world still. We saw Counter-Strike 2 coming out and thought it was the right time to get into the game. Saw that there's some really good talent in North America that we thought was the right time to go after, and I'm glad we did then uh, before all these other teams started getting into it. 
Mm. And we added guys like Swisher and Mobs and, um, you know, Rec from, from the Americas. And then we, we wanted to also bring in uh, an experienced IGL from Europe. So we went to Manx. Um, and then we recently made a move to bring in a new opera Slacks from, uh, from Germany, who's been lights out for us and, and just an awesome addition to the team. Uh, coaching is Def, who played Valorant for me uh, previously as an IGL. And I know what Def's all about. And Def's also played pro Counter-Strike. So yeah, so like we love Counter-Strike. We're excited to be in North America. We want to go to majors. We just qualified for Katowice. Um, we were already qualified for Pro League. So, you know, we're ahead of schedule, but we want to just, you know, it's a long, Counter-Strike is going to be a long process. We, you know, we know it's going to take years to build a team that can, you know, win majors. So you know, there's no shortcuts in Counter-Strike, right? You're dealing with all the best teams all over the world that have been developing talent and seeing the talent probably before we are for, for many years. So we just have to develop the talent that we have and try to um, continue to build on the success that we've had and the events we've played and just keep getting better and hopefully start to win some international events um, at these majors and, and you know, improve the team. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, Counter-Strike is a really intense uh, game and I've seen the stadiums get packed on those events and those majors. Yeah. It's like, it just, oh my God. I was like, well, I thought Rainbows was big. But <laughs> Counter Strike, they they have some mad followers. I mean, it's just it's big. It's really really big. Now, is there any other games you guys are thinking about joining in? Like for an example, like Halo. I know Halo right now is in a rough spot, but every single time they come out yeah. with something new, there's going to be a new new team. Yeah. Yeah, when I was at Exit, I had a Halo team. We were probably like a top six to eight team. I think back then we had like, you know, Suspector and, and, and Kratos and, and some other guys on the team. And, um, you know, we had success. The problem with, you know, and I think Halo is a great game. And I think it's really made great strides in particular, like over the last few months. Like a lot of the development has really caught up, I think, um, in terms of what the fan base wants. And it still plays great. The problem with Halo for us as a business is that. Um, it's really only a viable business if you're a partnered team. Um, if you're not a partnered team in Halo, um, it's very difficult to monetize, um, you know, at all. And the other part is if you're not a partnered team in Halo and you're not monetizing on the skins, um, it's very hard to get the best players because the best players want to be on the teams that are partnered teams and are, are generating additional revenue for those players. And so what you generally see in Halo, what you have seen over the last couple of years is, it's always the same three or four teams that are in the final semifinals right. every year. There's very little, you know, like new teams. It's not like Counter-Strike where, you know, every event, like some teams are popping off and there's big upsets. It's always the same three to four organizations at the very top because those teams have the best players that have played together for a long time. Um, and they're, they're not at, and it doesn't really feel like they're adding a ton of partner teams at a really high clip right now. Maybe it's like one or two per year. So, you know, it, it if you can't be a part of the team in Halo, I haven't been able to figure out how to make it work, but maybe somebody else can. Um, but definitely Halo Esports is great. It's, love, it's fun to watch, great audience, great crowds, um, fun game. Uh, it's just, you know, in, being in the business, you have to make it make like sense. So that, that's kind of how we look at it. Yeah. I I noticed that too. I I, I got, I'm good friends with, with Renegade and a couple uh, he was with Cloud Nine, and now he went with um, with Phase. I was kind of surprised, but 
you know, hello, that's phase probably got, you know, get paid better. But, um, I, I noticed that there were even, there's certain things that I just don't kind of like agree what Halo, uh, was doing. It's like, I noticed it's the same, same teams as always in the finals, but also the players are the same ones we're always seeing. It's like they'll recycle. They just take these same players and you're going to see this player. He was good on one team. They're going to put him now on another team. He goes, you know, it just goes back and then, and it just goes in a circle. Then you got some really good players out there that nobody knows about, but never be given a chance. Um, I kind of like, yeah, I think as yeah. I said, when I used to go to the Halo event, sometimes, um, it would actually be more fun to be in the pits and watch some of the low, like lower level, like indie teams coming up and competing with each other, um, than it would to be to watch the stuff on the, on the stage, because you kind of know where the stuff on the stage is going to go almost 90% of the time. Correct. Um, and you know, those pits are always fun. That's like real esports, right? So it, it's. It's good to see it still has that scene. It's good to see it still thriving, and it's good to see they're supporting the game uh, very proactively the way they are right now. I just you know, the esports ecosystem has to work not just for publishers, but also has to work for the teams as well, right? So, um, you, know, you can't um, players don't play for free, and uh, you know there has to be a way to to make a, a business out of it to, to stay in it. That's true. That's true. Um, I I kind of like wish that that like these in Halo, for instance, have a, like a challenger league like rainbow does. And then you can see the future. And then these orders could pick out the players that they want. Okay. This guy in challenger league did really, really good. Well, now it's no longer challenger league, but it could be T1 or T2, you know? So, okay, let's pick this guy. He's really good. And you could see the progress, and then you could make a determination. Okay, I would like to get him and ask my players what do they think about this guy. You know, if he plays good, you know, or not. If you like him, because there's not there's 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 I don't know if some orgs do or don't, but I don't see recruiters that go out investigate like they do in like for baseball and the NFL. They just like look at players since they're in high school. Okay, watch out. This guy is going to be really good. I would like to pick him up. And in esports, you don't see that much recruiters out there like going back and forth like, hey, watch out for this guy. This guy's just really good. He's just, he's going to be the future. I mean, we, we scout players. Where I, I can't speak for anybody else, but we certainly spend time scouting players and you know, in some, you know, a lot of times you can do it online. In some cases, you've got to go in person. I remember, I remember going to see Zach and play like at a high school LAN event years ago when he was 16 and meeting his mom and dad and just kind of watching him play. And then we ended up acquiring him and he's now one of the best Valorant players in the world. Right. Um, so like, I think, I think the good teams are still scouting and the good teams are definitely watching who's out there and how they're playing. And, you know, we're always, especially in games like Counter-Strike, where, if you want to bring in like a top star, it's going to cost you, you know, a, a significant amount of money. We're always trying to identify people that we think, um, if they have the opportunity, they could really, guys like Swisher, like, you know, if he had the opportunity, he could play at the highest level against the best players in the world and hold his own. And he's doing just that, right? Um, guys like Slacks, who was like one of the top tier two operas in, in all of EU, uh, probably behind like Wonderful. And, and we thought like we could bring this guy in and give him a chance to, 
to compete at, at, at the top events. And we think he's ready to, to kind of make that step. Right. So like, we're always trying to find talent that we think we can bring to the next level um, and not just spend our way to the top. So, you know, it, that's a process. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're wrong, but you have to keep trying. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So how, how was it you guys got spoiled? How, how that came about? Uh, you know, like, you know, that was something that came about uh, fairly unexpectedly. Um, and, you know, there's an expressed interest uh, you know, to, to, to potentially move to NA and, and to be on M80. And, and we ended up being able to work out a deal with his organization to do that. I mean, Spoid is, is more than just a, a prestige player. You know, he's a content creator. He's a, a face of your franchise. He's a, you know, he's, he's a lot of different things. So, um you know, like he was just someone that we really wanted to be a part of M80 for, you know, for all the things that Sport is. So, you know, we, we made a deal work with uh, his prior organization to bring Woes to North America. Wow, amazing. Yeah, because I, I see Sport like the, the, the next Bolo in a way, right up there, content creation, and just his name is, is right now uh, spreading out really, really big. And he's doing really good. Um, yes, I mean, Will's, Will's a man. Yeah, very good. And also, you got Iconic is pretty good, too. Really good player. Phenomenal yep. player. Dave's, Dave's a great IGL, great player, leader in the server, leader outside the server, like, good person. Like, you know, if you look up and down all the rosters that we have at M80, like, we always try to find good people um, that we have confidence in as professionals and, and handle themselves in the right way, especially the IGLs. All of our IGLs are very strong individual uh, people, right? So, you know, like we want to have quality human beings in, in the organization that uh, represent our teams, and, and we're always going to be like that. So, um, yeah, we're lucky to have Dave as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember him uh, going to M80 and seeing the video that he, he put up, and that was like a big – I was like, wow, everybody got really excited about that. I was excited. I was like, man. And not for nothing, you guys put out some really sick videos. <laughs> so the one oh, the Motley Crew, I said, "Oh God, I love this song." It's been <laughs> years. I wonder, do you yeah. selected that song, "Home Sweet Home"? I did. Yeah, I scripted that video and I picked the Thank song. Um, and we, it, you'd actually be surprised. We've had a lot of people have very good responses to that video, both for the music as well as the fact that. You know, we really kind of, uh, we, you know, we flew out to Warren, Michigan, and we shot the piece of BCJ's house. And just, you know, like a lot of esports is based in L.A. and kind of looks and feels L.A. And it's nice to to kind of get into the Midwest a little bit. You know, people play games in the Midwest. They play games in the South. They play games in the Southwest. Like, there's gamers all over the country, you know, not just Los Angeles. So, like, um, you know, we're, we're based on the East Coast, but all of our teams are based in Austin. So, yeah, we definitely like to lean in a little bit to that. And especially with Counter-Strike in North America, we wanted to build here. We didn't want to go build a new team. Um, so it's important that we're, you know, we're kind of representing our fans and our audience here. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I know that I, the, the likes uh, on, the, on on Twitter, it, it was, it went, it went crazy. A lot of people loved it. A lot of people loved it, including me. I said, I said, they just hit it out of the ballpark with that music, with that soundtrack. Gave me so much memory. I just, I went on YouTube, just repeat it, played it, and started listening to it, watching the a lot of people videos. Did. I was a like, lot of views on that. We got like over a million views in 24 hours between our post and BCJ's post organically, right? So wow. clearly a lot of people like that video. 
Oh yeah, of course. You did it. I mean, just, we, we didn't spend a lot. It was just two guys. We just got on a plane and flew out there and, and shot us going to the airport and driving to Mission Detroit and going to CBCJ and then come, we flew back the same day. So we did the whole thing in one day. I just flew there and back. So it was cool. It was good. It was good to see BCJ's family and and give them a hug and, and, and say what's up. And we're excited for the season coming up. And the video that we're working on now, though, that's going to be the video of the year when that comes out. But I can't talk too much about that. That's top secret. I can't talk about that. Right now. We're working on something really cool right now that we shot recently. Yeah, man. Well, you, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, that, that song, that Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue, I mean, geez. That was that was that was a sherry on the topping. I I was like, oh god! I I used to listen when I was young. I used to listen to that song every day. I had a cassette, put on a cassette player, just listen to that song. Loved it, loved yeah, it. It's a good, you know. When we thought about it, when I thought about the concept for the video, that was the only song that I thought was going to fit right. So whenever I wanted to think about how we were going to shoot it. I play the song and kind of like literally pace the song through the cuts of the video. So the song really kind of dictated the whole video. Yeah. Yeah. It went on like, like a little bit of a slow motion in a way and walking, getting into the, into the vehicle. And, yep. and I was like, God, oh, this guy just, just outdid himself. That was phenomenal work. I mean, they, they yeah, probably want you. to get hired to do, <laughs> to do production or something. You know, maybe they got a new career. Yeah, you may get it. I mean, you've done it all. You went from lawyer. You never know. You never know. I'm, I've been a bartender. I've done everything. So, like, I'll mix it yeah. up. Maybe next in my next career is I'll be a director. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, you know, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. So, like, that's all we can, uh, we can really try to do. Yeah, me me too. I've done it. I told, told my kids, I've done it all as well. I went to hotel industry, from hotel industry to 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 working in retail and retail stores. And I went into marketing when car dealerships sold cars and then marketing there. And then, you know, I, now, of course, I'm in the medical field and working EKG tech and looking heart rhythms and determining what's going on. So that's where I landed. That's my final. I said, this is here. This is where I'm going to stay. I'm not going to go anywhere else in gaming. That's all. And now I'm, podcasting and doing yep. this you know and, and it's it's fun love it love cool. it i really love yeah, it really you, got, you gotta you gotta do what you love man you can't you can't spend you can't spend your life doing something that you hate right so that's not that's no fun yeah. um i tried playing i did playing i did streaming but i noticed it's just takes a lot of time which i don't have because i'm married you know it's not easy when you're married with kids it's not easy and yeah. I just don't have the time to dedicate like 10 hours, five hours just playing from 9 p.m. to 5 p.m. and streaming it. You know, by the time I wake up, my wife has already packed up and left the house or probably kicked me out of the house with the computer. So I said, I'm going to make a balance here. I'll stream yeah. for like an hour or two if I can, if I can. And then somebody told me, why don't you get into podcasting? I said, okay, fine. That's pretty nice. I like that. Not a bad idea. They said, you don't have to, you could do it once a week and then you're good to go. So I took my, um, my resume. I, you know, I mod for over 30 people. I don't know if you probably know. I mod for over 30, 
probably like 30 pro players. And I said, you know what? I mod for them. I help them out, making sure they don't break any rules, especially with Twitch. And I'm going to start asking these guys to come on to my show. And it's been working out really nice. Been working out really nice. Um, I'm kind of happy, very happy about that. So yeah, that's great, man. That's great. You know, you gotta keep working to it and scale it and grow it up. You know, get audience, get your sponsors, and you know, turn it into a business. I mean, obviously, podcasting is a is a big business, right? So um, yeah. just keep working at it. And it sounds like you're doing just that. Yeah, I am. I am. Well, Margaret, I'm gonna let you go because I know you're a busy man. I don't want to take too much of your time and, and I wanted to make this the Christmas exclusive just for you and get M80 out there. Uh, I'm proud that, you know, we got an American team that's out doing really, really good. And, you know, I, I root for everybody. I, I love, I'm, I know I'm with a wild card now as communication slash Twitch uh, specialist, but, and podcasting, but I, I, I love everybody. You know, I, I want everybody yeah, yeah. to succeed. I love competition. If you do good, we're going to do good because it's going to thrive. It makes us thrive to do better because that's what competition is all about. If nobody is good, then what's the purpose, you know, putting more effort yeah. into the gaming? We want everybody to do good. We want challenges. We want to get better what we what we're at now. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. Like we support all the North American awards. Like we don't, you know, we, we work with everybody and um, it's great to see you guys in Counter-Strike as well. It's great to see, you know, you got some, some kids, some players that I like a lot on your Rainbow Six team, like Spirits is, is just a great kid and a phenomenal player who played for me. So it's happy to see those guys have a good chance to excel and prove themselves and they almost made the major, you know, and maybe they'll make the next one, right? So I'm sure, I know how they work. They work really hard. So I'm sure they'll continue to work until they get there. Of course, of course. Now you get to talk to you get to meet all the CEOs of uh on the NA. You got to meet Ben. I mean, yeah, I, I I run into people. You know, I see people at Seven Eleven, wherever it is. Like you know, I run into people <laughs> and we talk shop. You know, and and hang out. Um, and you know, and but yeah, so like when I can, I do. But I don't like. There's not like some secret meeting of the CEOs in the dark chamber or something like that. Like, yeah, that's not how it works, but. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty available if anybody wants to talk. I'm always around. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, folks, that's Mark, Marco, Marco. Uh, let everybody know where they could find your your merchandise, your website, email, everything. I don't doesn't matter. The stage is yours. I mean, yeah, you can always check out the team at you know M80GG on Twitter and, and M80.GG on the website in the shop uh we have a new drop coming out in january so that's really nice that we're super excited about the quality of the pieces are amazing so i think our fans are going to like it um and you know obviously watch our rocket league teams playing tonight actually this this won't be out by uh by, by christmas but <laughs> yeah. keep an eye on us at katawise and, and poland i'm excited to play that about in counter-strike and you know, get started on Valorant season next season okay well there you go folks well, thank you so much, Marco. It's a pleasure, and hope this is not the first nor the last. You come on to the show, and I truly like the experience. Thank you so much. May God bless you and your family, then in your organization. Hope everything you know keeps moving forward, and and you got. I know you got a bright future. Okay. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, dude. Have a good one. Take it easy. Have, Have a good one. Take care. Okay. Bye. Okay. Fine.
Thank you for listening to The Dr. VTAC Show and don't forget to click follow.